Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today's Best Served Podcast 200, 303. I've been saying 200 for so long. Guys, we're over 300 episodes now. Unbelievably grateful for that. Two weeks notice. Big topic. Best served table side volume three. Hiring process. Horror stories. Episode six of eight. We got a lot to talk about here. We talk about amplifying the worth and work of people who feed their community, right? The worth part is something that we struggle with so much. We don't value ourselves high enough. And two weeks notice has been clearly a point of contention. Massive friction. And wanted to really unpack it, as we always do, just trying to have conversations, understand all sides of the equation, and understand kind of the workers' goals, because Besser Tableside, we're focused on workplaces worth working, right? What does that mean? How do we establish ourselves as professionals? How do we work through uh, this industry? And so two weeks' notice has come up a lot, and I got a couple of guests with us that are going to speak on their perspectives, their experience on the topic, but I want to unpack this for just a moment. So... We have this idea of being a professional and properly giving notice, a two-week notice. This has become the expectation, maybe a month if you're in upper management. And what is happening more and more and more is we're pointing to short-term syndrome or short-timer syndrome or whatever it's called, where, well, somebody gives notice, they're on the way out anyway, so we cut their hours and we give it to people that actually want to be there, quote-unquote. We fire them on the spot. Huge, huge vulnerability because now we're saying to everybody, them included for their next job and their next job, that in this industry, being a professional doesn't actually matter. That You're going to be put in a position where if you're trying to do the right thing, you're still oppressed through this process. So a lot to do there. There's also the backside of something we've seen a lot where people are giving two weeks notice and starting a new job, but then the new job doesn't know what's happening because everything is in flux in this industry at all times, especially during a pandemic. And now what's happening is somebody gives two weeks notice properly. They either finish that two weeks or get fired on the spot or let go or cut hours. And then the new job is like, well, we're not quite as busy as we thought we we're going to be. We're going to start you a week later, two weeks later, all of a sudden, all of a sudden this scenario can play out. I give two weeks notice. I get let go on the spot. I don't have a starting date for my new job for two more weeks. And then two more weeks, they push me back. You're talking about a month now that you don't have a job. So there's a lot of anxiety in this process. So I want to unpack it a little bit. That was a long intro. There's just a lot I'm thinking about. There's a lot that's happening. So much divisive back and forth that we've been seeing from owners, operators, managers, from line level and everything in between. So, all right, with no further ado, I want to bring in Bryce real quick to speak with us. Bryce, good to see you. Hello. All right. Bryce, tell us where you're at and give us a little bit of uh, the backstory for your kind of trajectory in the industry. 
Yeah, so I'm currently in Mesa, Arizona. Um, I just moved here about two years ago. Most of my formulative years in the in the industry were in Denver and in Colorado, um, in pastry departments, mostly catering, a couple bakeries, a couple like um, restaurants as well. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Deanna, want to bring you in, uh, join the conversation as well. Deanna, Diana. I'm, I apologize. Diana. Yeah. Diana. <laughs> I, I said it and then I knew ah, I couldn't grab the words back. I, for some reason, I knew I said it wrong. Uh, I have one job to pronounce people's names correctly. I can't even do that. All right. Uh, Diana, same, same question for you. Where are you at? And, and maybe a little bit of background in the industry. So um, I've been in the service industry for, for about 10 years, uh, mainly in uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I'm a level two sommelier. So I've kind of been on the front end and back end of like, you know, the hiring process so i've been your server your bartender i've also you know worked as a food and beverage director so that's kind of my story okay good so you'll see multiple sides of this equation we've seen this play out in so many different ways you you heard my rant i want to come to both of you diana let's say with you at a high level two weeks notice there's a lot of anxiety in the understanding and expectation am i supposed to give notice is notice no longer an expectation in the industry. How do I professionally navigate that? How do I take care of myself? Mm -hmm. High level, what are your thoughts? Like break it down for us a little bit for you personally. You know, I mean, it's something that I talk about a lot. Uh, you know, aside from Montana, the US is an at will state of employment, you know, um, yes. one of the very few countries to still be doing so. So it's, you know, it kind of gives the employer a little bit, or actually a lot more leverage in terms of the fact that they can let you go for good reason, no reason at all, bad reason, whatever it may be. Yeah, and real quick, let me break that down for people, sure, Diana, just sure. for anybody who does know. An at-will state basically means for the first 90 days of employment, absolute any reason whatsoever, you can be terminated and you have really no recourse for unemployment or, or anything like that. Beyond that, then after 90 days, it's still very friendly for the employer versus the employee, as opposed to you mentioned, most other countries, European yeah. countries and stuff tend to be more on the employee side of that equa equation. So just kind of break it down for people. So sorry to jump in, just want to give people oh. some context. <laughs> Uh, at will, very, very important to understand what that exactly that means. Because Definitely. sorry to keep going, but we've had a lot of people say that at at 87 days they got let go or they got reduced in X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So you know that those employers like literally set a calendar date to be able to manipulate the system. So anyway, please continue. I mean, actually, to even kind of go on with what you were saying, um, I've actually had that happen to me where. Um, Working for an employer, uh, three months in, you know, they guaranteed me, you know, health benefits. And uh, sure enough, as soon as that three month mark hit, it was like the day before they let me go. And I, you know, obviously was out of a out of a job at that point. But yeah, I've, unfortunately, I've had it happen to me. It's it's it honestly it depends on your professional workplace you know um it depends you have to know who you're working for i think a lot um make sure you read the fine print make sure you read what you're yeah. signing make sure you read the contract or whatever it may be you know as you're getting hired on okay i appreciate that that was great a lot to break down there bryce I want to come to you same kind of thing at a high level what's your experience of it what's your expectation like give us a little bit of your thoughts so i've been on both sides of the notice where i have been Mostly in my like younger years in the industry, I've been the person to give little to no notice. Mm -hmm. um, and moving into the higher level in the management type situations, I've also been on the other side where 
people just don't come back. Um, and you have to try and figure out why and what happened. And is it something that we did? Did we not offer them enough or it does, was it just not right for them? And kind of, why didn't we hear back from them? It's all, it's all very weird. Yeah. Communication. I, I mean, I'm a broken record. It's all I ever say. It's communication, communication, communication. We joked before we went on of like understanding the professionalism and the expectation. Is there an expectation of notice? If the expectation is to give two weeks notice, then why is the industry standard to then terminate somebody when they give notice? So then there's not actually that expectation. Yet a line level person is expected to understand when that is proper. Like sometimes they're like, oh, we're properly staffed right now. So if somebody gives a notice, it's fine. Let's get rid of them and keep the people that want to be there and give them their shifts. Yet, are you expected to know when that is versus on the other side, they go, well, we're understaffed. And then they, they just left us high and dry. That's so unprofessional. Who's expected yeah. to be professional in that situation is a big question. And then another thing we, we talked about before, and I, this is the question that I want for the two of you, is a lot of times we're like, well, they're a bad egg. They just weren't that good anyway. We were probably going to let them go. They weren't good for our team. And respect. I think if somebody is bad for your culture, not just the manager doesn't like them. They're bad for your team culture. You need to get rid of them quickly. And the people that do want to be there will be there. Yet for two-week notice, if you terminate that person on the spot, you know that all your good employees see that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden they go, well, I don't, I'm not sure. Am I the good they start employee? start sweating a little bit too. They're sweating. Like, yeah. do I have to do too much calculus to understand if what part of the equation I fit in. Do I give two weeks notice because it's right for the business and for me as a professional? Do I not give two weeks notice because I might be the kind of person who has to go through the drama of getting shit canned on the spot? Like that is a lot of anxiety to put somebody through. So with that question. You know, I know both of you have been the good employee. You see somebody else try to do the right thing and get let go. Does that put you in a position to question whether you need to be putting in notice as well? Diana, let's come back to you. Um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, yeah. I mean, it obviously does make it make you, it made me feel very uneasy whenever I've been in a kind of work environment like that. But um, I did have, you know, a mentor of mine mentioned to me once upon a time not to burn bridges, you know, because right, people right. do, you know, they do call your references. They do check up on your background to see, you know, were you a reliable employee? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, if, you know, it gets around to where like they call one of your references and they don't give you a good reference, you don't get the job. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I mm -hmm. completely agree. So they're is not a winning situation when you're on the line level. I mean, that is such a hard thing to navigate because again, we are so caught up in what the employer needs versus what the employee needs. And then we wonder why we have no calls, no shows. We wonder why we have 73% turnover rates. We wonder why all restaurants are understaffed. I don't wonder at all. I know exactly why. It is a symptom of this relationship or lack thereof that we're creating. So I, I really appreciate that. Bryce, you mentioned there's a little bit of a, you know, we, we grow up in this industry. Nobody mm -hmm. becomes an investment banker at 15, 16, 17. Yet so many of us got into this industry when we were young because it is a place where you can get a job. You know, it's very much that first job. And then it sucks you in and it never yeah, lets you, you go. <laughs> you can't leave. But you mentioned early on in your career, you didn't 
maybe take it as seriously. You didn't give as much notice as maybe then you recognized the need for. So talk about that. Was there a catalyst? How did you get to the point where you understood the importance, the potential importance of two weeks notice? Yeah, you know, since you sparked this conversation very initially a few weeks ago when I reached out, um, I I had to think really hard about it. Why did I leave these jobs that I left with such little to no notice? Um, And I can say pretty confidently, like now that I've really kind of simmered over it, is that they weren't they weren't the kind of work environments that I knew that I wanted to keep myself in. Mm -hmm. And so you you get to a point, in my case at least, where I'm I'm trying to just kind of push through and see if maybe it's just kind of the getting comfortable in your new workplace or getting used to your new coworkers or whatever. Um, and you find out that it's just for whatever reason, whether it's your coworkers themselves or the, the work that's expected of you as opposed to what they said you would be doing or whatever, yeah. I realized it, it wasn't for me. And I pushed myself so far to try and make it be for me that I hit a breaking point. And I was like, I can't come in another day. I'll, I, I will you. not be in a good place. I hear you. That's part of, oh, it's such a vulnerability of the restaurant. We leave it all out on the field, so to speak, right? It's so much about cooking and putting your your soul and your passion on a plate. It's so much about putting that education into the glass. It's so much about putting hospitality out there so people have a memorable experience, which means we leave nothing for ourselves. Nothing. There's nothing left. And so we just, you're constantly put in a position where, the only choice you have is to hit a breaking point, right? Either you break or you continue to just run through the same wall again and again and again. So I, I really, really appreciate that. Before I forget, Dan, and I'm, I'm sad for anybody who's listening, not watching. Did you, are you rocking a Wu-Tang coffee mug? <laughs> that I am. <laughs> this is the best episode yeah, we've ever done. <laughs> uh, we literally have just been talking about swag for best served. And yeah. Sophie, who runs the whole show, is like, I want mugs. And now I really want yes. a new mug right next to my For best sure, served yeah. mug. All right. <laughs> new goal. Guests get a best served mug so that in future episodes, they'll be rocking a best served. I love it. Oh, the Wu-Tang. Awesome. Sorry. I had to I had to digress there for sure. I appreciate that. I want to talk about the communication because, Bryce, what you're talking about is if you had somebody to talk to, if you had somebody to, to bounce things off of, if you had management leadership that you believed in, that you could be open and honest and communicate with, I feel like there'd be a better opportunity for you to find your place within that culture or be able to have a real conversation about how you don't fit into that culture and have that be okay, right? Because we get caught. This is going to come up next week when we talk about the the training, day one, day one in the hiring process, which usually just means jump in the fire and sink or swim. Like so often we just don't get trained. And so there's just like, we don't go through the process of communicating because we're like, oh, you've worked in a restaurant for the last four years. You must know everything that there is to know about working in restaurants in this job. It's like every restaurant is different. Otherwise, what the fuck is the point if every restaurant is exactly the same? So uh, I want to talk about that communication a little bit. Diana, come back to you. Communication. Have When have you felt you mentioned a mentor? When have you felt like you had strong communication? And clearly throughout your career, you've also had places where it's just complete lack thereof. Break it down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, for the most part, I've had a pretty good experience in terms of uh, mentors or management that I've had. Um, And it's just about, I mean, yourself even asking the right questions, you know, is maybe like stage one night a week or something like that before you actually make the commitment to actually go over to this new position. 
um, if you have the opportunity. But um, just asking the right questions and also the employer too, you know, asking the right questions, making sure that this is the absolute right fit for you. Because like you said, every restaurant is different and every restaurant has, or bar even has different expectations of their employees. Yeah, that communication piece has got to be, got to be key. We feel like we can communicate. Otherwise, it's just like, we're just ghost people because we're like, there is no communication. They don't care about me. Why should I care about them? I'm on to the next thing. And we unfortunately have cultivated that as part of the way that the business is yeah. not just individuals. Cause I can't stand this shit like kids these days and big old air quotes. And it's like, we, my generation, I broke this industry. We created so many of the dynamics that are playing out right now. And we're mad that kids these days are calling bullshit on the things that we thought were the way you're supposed to run this industry. Unfortunately, the way that we built this industry, it ran its course. It's over. Yeah. Like yeah. we can be nostalgic about it or we can build a legacy around the things that we did do well because a lot of things went really well over the last two decades. Yeah. Learn from our mistakes and do something new, not keep trying to create a new mousetrap. It has to be something actually new. So Bryce, I want to come to you on the communication specifically. And we always give shout outs to Chef Alan Plemons out of Missouri who coined this and really got it in my head. We call people in restaurants bodies or hands like we're not even yes, worth enough to be a full fucking human being we're just body parts to take up space to do a job and for you in back of house that especially comes up you know when we prey on our own passion for food and the industry yeah. and all of that so break that down a little bit as far as communication because i think that's a huge contributor to this symptom of two weeks notice yeah it absolutely is. And I've been really fortunate that I've had, um, especially now that I think about this, probably not coincidence. However, when in my later years, um, in my management years, I had a really good communication system with not only the other managers, but also the, the ownership and the highest ups. Yeah. Um, but those companies themselves also were ones that cultivated very healthy cultures. So I knew that if I was having a hard time and this happened once I worked for a catering company, I was having a really rough go of things in my personal life. And as much as they say to leave that shit at the door, you can't. So I went and I talked to the owners and I just was, I, I was having a really hard time. And so instead of, continuing to watch me struggle to the point of maybe getting fired, they put me on events and they, they just shifted my position within the company because they saw my value as an employee. And they just said, you need something else for a while. And it was a godsend. It was, it was so helpful. And if, if I had had that level of communication with every job I've ever had, I probably would have still been at my first job because that's what I needed. Oh, that is that is so good. It makes me think of, uh, definitely check this out if you haven't heard of it. Katie Osuna has the Copper and Heat podcast. Really, James Beard Award winning podcast. And we collaborate on some stuff. And uh, uh, Hassel Alvarez and Ariel of nine, Not9to5.org. Not925.org. Check them out for sure. Talking about mental health in the industry. Talked about, don't treat, treat people the way that you'd want to be treated. That old adage treat people the way that they want to be treated. And I was like, oh, it was such a paradigm shift because we talk about that in the industry all the time. And so I was like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You got to like see people for who they are and the dynamic and, and the strengths and weaknesses that they have because I think both play. 
both have an opportunity to be an actual strength for the business, even if, quote unquote, it's a weakness. They may not be able to bang out as many croissants as somebody else, yet they're the person that everybody else on the team wants to work next to. Like that's something to kind of consider. So I think that's an important aspect. Uh, two weeks notice. I want to kind of come back to like the meat of two weeks notice. I appreciate us kind of thinking more broadly. The two weeks notice very specifically. Let's talk about the financial struggle of the two weeks notice specifically. All right. In this industry, you know, a lot of it's our own doing. We, we, we suck at managing money. Like we didn't want to do the cubicle and the nine to five for me, the suit and tie and all that. And like be able to, you know, have a 401k and all these things. Like it wasn't us. Now we're recognizing we should have been thinking about those things, even if we didn't want those jobs for this industry. Right. And so the financial aspect, we saw living paid to check to paycheck. I spent over a decade paycheck to paycheck. Right. So Two weeks notice when you're thinking about that or when you've seen other people thinking about that situation, what's the impact you see of the potential of leaving yourself vulnerable? I mentioned the two weeks or a month scenario of you not having a job. What is how does that play into your into your mindset, Diana? Um, you know, it's it's kind of it's difficult. It's definitely difficult. Um, you know, obviously we're not the best money managers. So, you know, the idea of saving up money as like a cushion is sometimes not people's fallback, you know, because you are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, you know, the idea I remember as, you know, as a server and bartender when the idea of um no tipping salaried, you know, workers in the restaurant came about for front of house. And hating the idea, you know, why would I want to make, you know, 16 to $18 an hour, no tips, no nothing. Well, I mean, in, in the reality of post COVID, I mean, that might have to be uh, the way that the restaurant mm. goes, you know, to create job security and financial stability to some extent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot more of the move towards finding a way to get people between 24 and $28 an hour fixed and what that allows the individual and the business to do. I, I completely, I completely agree. Like, look, uh, that's a whole different topic. I think t tipping probably needs to be abolished in the short term. It's going to suck for anybody who's built their life around it. But you mentioned it. Like one of the things is you got a lot of cash as a front of house burning holes in your pocket. I remember being a bartender and stuff and I made way more money and I spent yeah. way more money. Like I actually <laughs> saved more money as a cook than I did when I was making, you know, 1.7 times as much money as a bartender. So <laughs> I completely agree. The financial aspect we need to consider. And I know that people are considering that heavily when they're thinking about that. For you, Bryce, same kind of question. The the anxiety of the financial aspects, you know, I think it's even heavier in the back of the house because still trying to pay people $13 an hour. Like that's okay. And then you're talking about two weeks notice. Like you clearly don't care about me. You're going to teach me stuff and I can put the name of your restaurant on my resume. Great. Thank yeah. you for doing me that life favor. <laughs> Yet I'm still making $13 an hour living with seven people in a house. And what, what am I supposed to do? And then I give two weeks notice. I get fired on the spot. And then the next job, I don't start when they told me I was supposed to start because they don't have their shit figured out. How am I supposed to make that work? So yeah, I'm going to protect myself and I'm yeah. not going to give you notice. I get it. So for you, right, like break it down a little bit. It's a, it's a super vicious cycle and it just, it's like a, you know, it's a dog chasing his own tail. You, you leave this, this company for whatever reason. And if you do get fired on the spot, you're 
you're screwed for probably two weeks unless your new job is like, yes, we can start you right away. And especially in this day and age, how often is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's a super brutal system. And I do think that working us into starting with a higher wage will kind of help break that at least a little bit because yeah, starting at 1250s, paying dishwashers minimum wage, it's, it's just not viable anymore. I completely, completely agree. You know, we talk about for employees, there's like four pillars we need to invest in wages, benefits, culture, and education. And what we found is if they have people have a living wage and benefits enough to know that they have some physical and mental security, we get out of survival mode, fight or flight, like scarcity mindset. And then a lot of times people are like, invest more in culture, build that better culture, because I'm good. Like I got what I need and I, I understand what that means. But there's just there's just so much fear. Like every moment, am I going to get fired? Do I have that new job? Do I need to be looking for another yeah. job? They're not going to fire me. I quit. You know, like it's like who has the leverage to be in a position to to oppress the other? And it's just like vicious cycle. I could not agree more. And it's time for us to stop this shit, sit down, have a real conversation and actually start having solutions that work on all sides of the equation. Because even now people are getting 15, 16, 17 dollars an hour. Yet I keep hearing people go, well, wait until it all crashes wait until there aren't the jobs, then they're going to need us. Then I have the leverage. Like all of a sudden it's a fucking real estate buyers and sellers, real estate market. Like who's winning? Nobody's winning. So, uh, so much to talk about. I appreciate the two of you. I want to last thoughts, anything else, two weeks notice, you know, that there's manager friends of yours, you know, there's workers right now going, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And we know that that's just, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. And we are so guilty of that. Any last thoughts from either of you, Diana, come to you first of, of some hopes you have on all sides of this equation. You know, I just hope that the post COVID kind of teaches people, um, especially in the service industry, that it's not always technically going to be there and that you should always try and make sure that it's the right fit for you. Protect yourself, protect your financial security, protect your job. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's been so many jobs. It's like, oh, I can just always get another job. We need to, on all sides, slow the hell down and recognize that we're trying to build. We need to build something that's meaningful and that's lasting. So appreciate that. Bryce, same question for you. Hopes, dreams, aspirations. What can we do? So I think, sorry, my brain just died a little bit. So Honestly, I'm going going back to kind of where we started this with communication, I think is maybe the most important when it all comes down to like the full circle of two weeks notice and income and culture and all of that. Like if you can even try and build better communication with your manager or your chef or whatever, that can save a lot of hardship in the end. Like maybe you won't, if you give them two weeks notice, maybe they won't fire you on the spot there. Or maybe you can tell them I'm having a hard time with this in my life or this financially, what else can you give me? What else can you offer me? It just creates a a healthier work environment. And I really think that that is kind of the stem of so many issues. That's it. Mic mic drop, mug drop. (laughs) I appreciate this. Really, really great. Thoughtful episode. I know the three of us will interact quite a bit more. We're going to need this type of communication, this type of leadership that the two of you are showing. You know, it's not easy to come on and, and talk about this stuff. And that's part of the issue. 
that we're dealing with is like we have to talk about it and it's going to be ugly and people like me and, and and maybe you at times like all have to take responsibility for our own part in this and so we're going to be talking about things like that a lot more it's like cool i don't give a shit whose fault it is i don't care anymore i just want to know what we can do to move forward and that doesn't mean just pretending like it never happened so we have to have hard conversations yeah. so that we can all come together and do some cool shit because this industry it's amazing and it's the worst thing that ever happened to any of us same <laughs> simultaneously simultaneously so. same yeah. time <laughs> always the answer is always both pretty much so <laughs> i appreciate both of you diana bryce will let you go thank you so much thank for being you. On the Bye. Show. thank you cheers thanks for listening to the best served podcast subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.